what's going on, boys and girls? Ladies and gentlemen, you got the czar with the Wired Podcast checking in with you. We got our third installment. That's right, we're on our third show. We've gotten some great reviews. We're still getting better and better each day. We got Tiger Woods. The partnership with Nike is ending officially. We'll discuss that. We got the um, college bowl game, Michigan versus Washington, and the game that was and what we thought that was going to be. What did we learn? We'll talk about it. Jags, Black Monday. They give some pink slips out. We'll discuss that as well. We got the playoff picture and the matchups coming up next. Along with Ja Morant, out, a, out for the season. Ah, this guy's had a bag of string luck. Let's hope it improves. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the transfer portal and, portal, and I think it's a, 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 a official joke. It's an official joke. And we got our new segment, Selective Outrage. And the subject is going to be, why do us black people, black folks, dress up for the Grammys, but don't dress up for the BET Awards? And my Ed Lever voice, come on, son. We'll talk about that as well. Hey, we got some bills to pay. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the uh, third episode of the Wire podcast brought to you by the Czar. We're back with our NFL wildcard weekend matchups and predictions. First, we got the, let's get down to it. Let's get, we got the Texans versus the Browns. I really think that uh, on paper, the Browns should win, but I have the Texans coming out in this one. Uh, This is uh, CJ Stroud's game. He's my rookie of the year and he's my, he's my MVP. Sorry, Lamar. Um, This guy has better stats. He means more to his team. He really doesn't have a defense like this, like like the Ravens. So, um, like I said, give me the the Texans victorious at home. Next, we got. Let's see here. We have the Steelers versus the Bills. I mean, you can't fault Mike Tomlin. Feel good story. Never had a losing season. And the, and the Steelers, after uh, to me, a bad season. I, I would call it a bad season for the Steelers. I mean, for some reason, they eke it out. I don't think they made the playoffs last year. I think they were in the same position last year. But, uh, you know, the chips fell to the Steelers' uh, side this year. They're going to play the Bills. So congratulations to the Steelers for making it. But I don't think they're going to make it past the Bills. I think Josh Allen's going to have a good game. And uh, the Bills will be victorious. Next, we got the Rams versus the Lions. The Rams have dug themselves out of the grave post-Super Bowl woes. They got a quarterback in Matthew Stafford. They got a defensive tackle in Aaron Donald. I forgot the young guy's name, the uh, the receiver. Over 1,000 yards, set the record. Guy's great. Great compliment to Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford makes you better. It makes you better. Um, next, we have an AFC battle. Dolphins versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs come limping in. They've dropped games here and there. The Dolphins came off of a loss. I just don't think the Chiefs have it to where, even though I think they're going to be at home, I don't think the Chiefs have what it takes to, to actually beat the Dolphins. I really don't. We, I, I thought that, you know, everybody was crowning the Chiefs. Or who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. 
Thanks, Coach. I just think, you know, the Chiefs, they were the champs. There's definitely chinks in the armor. Um, still dangerous team, but I think the Dolphins are on the up and up. They're coming to Arrowhead. What a surprise. I got the Dolphins. Next, we have an old school game, Packers versus the Cowboys. I'm 46 years old. I was there for Brett Favre versus Troy Aikman, Tony Romo versus Aaron Rodgers, and now we got Dakota Prescott versus uh, the Love Kid. He's just coming around. And really, when the Packers, when the Packers draft, they don't really miss. When they draft a quarterback, they that's their quarterback for the next probably 12 years. So I'm going to trust what the Packers did in, in drafting Jordan Love. But I still think the Cowboys will be successful on this. They got to go into Jerry's world. The Packers got to go into Jerry's world. And it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a raucous crowd. Next game, the last game. The Philadelphia Eagles, Gilly the Kid, Gilly's team, the Eagles, they come in, wings clipped, they come in the South Florida, the Buccaneers, Baker, Baker, touchdown maker, and and the Buccaneers, I'm not going to lie to you, there's a big discrepancy in the divisions. You got the AFC North, the Bengals have the exact same record they didn't get in. But the Buccaneers got in. Explain that. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. What's that? Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, (laughs) The Eagles are in the playoffs, as, as they should. But the Buccaneers, I don't think, should not be in the playoffs. But they're in the playoffs anyway. They got a home game. They draw the Philadelphia Eagles. This will be a good one. I think the Eagles have a – they may have enough to eke it out against the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers' defense is playing well. And Jalen Hurts is not. Is not. I think it will be a physical game. Um, if the Eagles – I used to have a partner I used to roll with. Big John Henderson. If the Eagles don't come out with the attitude of Big John Henderson. I think it was a Monday night game. I was trying to get juiced up for that one. So I had the double slap call. Oh, Joe, that ain't good enough. Come on, Joe. Ah! Thank you, baby. Thank you. You make your blood come to my damn mouth. You got to make blood come to the mouth. Get it. Come on. Oh, oh, that's what I'm talking Come on. Come on. Let's go. If the Eagles... I love that sound bite. If the Eagles don't come out like with the attitude of Big John Henderson, it's going to be a long game in South Florida. You know, big shouts to Big John. That's the only guy I know that likes to get slapped before the game. <laughs> I never get tired of that. So uh, next we're going to roll on to the uh, college result. Uh, this disappointed me. Uh, we had the Michigan Wolverines face the Washington Huskies. And I, I kind of made this prediction, but I didn't want to kind of stick my thumb out there and say I was right. But, uh, and everybody said, oh, the game wasn't as, the game was closer than it was. Yeah, but there was a physical edge that the Wolverines had from the get-go. And to me, if you ask me, which I know you're not asking me, but I'm going to tell you anyway like you're asking me. Go figure the national championship was won last week when Michigan beat Alabama. That was a heavyweight fight. Great. 
I mean, it went down to the wire. And I said, whoever wins this game is going to be the national champion. Because Texas didn't have it. And Washington doesn't have it. And what I mean, no disrespect to the Washington Huskies. They're a flag football team. And the Pac-10 is what it is. I haven't seen a defensively strong, dominant Pac-10 team in a very long time. You have all these teams because they can score points. But what happens when you when you take one of these teams and you start to put their hands on them? It's, it, it reminds me of the NBA uh, back in the 90s. You had the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers versus the Bulls. Or the Detroit Pistons versus the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers, were, they, were, they were the Pac-10. They were this team, a.k.a. called Rip City. And they would just be running up and down the floor. You had the, the likes of Clyde Drexler, Hersey, uh, I think, uh, what, Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter. Uh, you had, uh, you know, more buck for the Chuck Williams. You had the Blazers used to run the West. If the if the Blazers got out, out versus, you know, if they were able to get out of the West, you know, past the Supersonics, past the L.A. Lakers, I mean, they will brutal. They will rip you in half full court. Back and forth. And then what happened when they went over to the East? You know, the East back in the NBA was kind of, they, they muckied up the game. You had the New York Knicks. You had the Detroit Pistons. You had the Chicago Bulls. They would actually put hands on you. They would foul you. They would muck the game up, make it a slower game, and you would actually have to play East Coast basketball. It would turn from a layup line to a three-point shooting contest. And whose will would be more, you know, doing the game? To be victorious, so that's what the college. That's what the college game reminded me of. Um, Michigan was Chicago Bulls or Detroit Pistons, and the Huskies were a team from the West that just you know just run, you know, not physical at all. And with and Michigan slapped them in the mouth, slapped them dead in the mouth. And I mean, it's, and everybody's saying, oh, these these calls where no holding, the referees can't call everything. I'm glad they let the guys play. Now, if you ask me, Penix Jr., uh, he's a great quarterback, but this is going to make some scouts look because, first of all, Harbaugh is an is a ex, I think, an ex-NFL uh, coach, and he implemented some NFL-type defenses. Penix actually had to read the defense. This is not like a first, you know, first read, you're going to sling it. Second read, you're going to sling it. Penix had to go to multiple reads through the zones and, and to determine man to man and actually determine where he was gonna where he was gonna throw. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So um he's gonna be he's gonna be a big question mark as far as his draft stock. Everyone's talking first round. I'm thinking Penix is gonna be second to third, late third, if anything. You know, I could be wrong, but in, in, depending on the the uh the draft Teams and where they're, where they're drafting at, and who needs a quarterback, and who's willing to take a chance on them. I don't think Penix, Penix is a second or a third round pick, just like McCarthy would. You know, these guys, they're 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 okay quarterbacks. They still need to be developed. So yeah, we're gonna move on next to the uh, John Morant situation. <sighs> Poor guy, man. I mean, this has been a heck of a year of two years for John Morant because you know the NBA year kind of splits the new year and stuff like that. You know, we had the charges, we had the strip club, we had the gun charges, get all that stuff, man. 
and then he's out for the season. Um, I forgot what injury it was. He pulled something, a labor. I don't know. I don't want to start anything that might grow some legs. But he's injured, and he's out for the season. Um, I was telling my guy, we were talking in the barbershop, and I, and I said, I saw this coming, but I didn't really want to say it. Like, John Moran is like Superman, the miniature version. It's like you don't expect him to do the things that he does. And when you put your body, when you make your body explode, pause, that way to the realm and put your body in, in, in danger. He's going over seven footers trying to dunk the ball. He's attacking the rim like he's six foot six, like he's LeBron. Your body's going to fail you sooner or later. So let's hope that young man actually uh, recovers. I want to see him uh, do good things in the NBA. Because, I, I mean, I, I really think that you, like in your life, that you're put through things that you're supposed to get past, and then you'll see greatness. And he's endured a lot of things. Like, a lot of other cats would have been out the league. He keeps on coming back. Let's see what happens. He's he's beyond blessed to still have these opportunities. All right. Next, we'll go back to college football real quick. The transfer portal. I think it's a joke. I really think it's a joke. Um, I'm all for the young men having the opportunity, opportunity to play at multiple universities. I get it. But I'm looking at some of these statistics and some of these stats. The announcers are saying this guy's in his seventh, eighth year. You got the COVID year. No, man. When I was playing, you had four to five years to play. You had an injury. You had, a, you had your, you know, your red shirt. You had an injury just in case. And that was that. And if you transferred, like these guys are transferring 1A, you know, Division One, you had to sit out. When I was playing, you actually had to sit out, and that was a year. The only time you didn't have to sit out or it would, wouldn't cancel against you if you went down. So let's say if you went to um, Notre Dame and you transferred to Bowie State or Virginia you know, Virginia Union or Hampton University or something like that, big shouts, Hampton University, your time would stop. If you went down from Division One, like the, the Power Five or whatever, and you went down to Division One AA or Division Two, II, Division Three. Your time would stop, and they would give you time to get on the field. Now they're just like regurgitating these guys. I don't like it. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be straight up. I don't like it, man. Because you, 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 it's almost like you're reclassifying yourself. Like the lower league, like like high school and rec league, and all these other programs around the U.S. You got this one kid or these two kids. In their age groups, in their sizes, that didn't catch on, and no, and no, no, no slouch to them, no bad, no, no ill will to the kids and stuff like that. Then you have their parents. The kid is 11, 12, They're supposed to be playing in his age range. You want to reclassify this kid for another year or two, so he can dominate the league that he's in to get recruited by another program or another high. Come on, man. Sports is not for everything. If you're 14 and you're playing between the 14, 15, and 16, guys, if you cannot dominate or earn a position on the field, that's just it. That's it, man. You got to go somewhere else. I understand you're creating opportunities for these kids, but reclassifying them, just like Michigan had a, a 20, what, he is a six-year senior? A guy that's been there for six years? You're reclassifying them. He, he needs to go. Because you're playing like, I mean, I know everyone's developed differently, 
And when it comes to college, everyone's developing, you're lifting weights, you're running and stuff like that. Mentally, this guy is three to four years ahead of a sophomore, freshman, or possibly a junior. What are we doing? Of course, he's going to be leagues ahead. He's supposed to be in the league or work on somebody's nine to five. Come on, man. I don't, I don't like that one bit. I don't like it one bit. Welcome back, people. Welcome back. Welcome back. We had to pay some bills. Welcome to the show. Um, I want to apologize. We announced the schedule of uh, subjects kind of out of order, but we're going to get with the home team first. I do apologize. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. As you know, it was Black Monday. Um, <clears throat> the Jaguars had a collapse. I mean, they were on the hot streak. They were they were on fire, and next thing you know, I'm not trying to troll or anything like that. Like, you know, it's like Trevor Lawrence had too much Waffle House, but it's either there or there. They drop a, a key game to the Titans, a winnable game to the Titans. And it, to me, uh, it, it, it's, it's the same thing as Tennessee last year. The, the, Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans had a chance to go to the playoffs. The Jaguars bounced them, and the Tennessee Titans paid them back. It is what it is. But let's get to the subject at hand. This is my personal opinion. Um, this doesn't reflect on the Jaguars or anyone else. This is strictly the opinion of the Wire podcast and the Czar. Uh, they fired Mike Cadwell, uh, Cadwell, defensive coordinator for the Jaguars after two seasons, and before then he was under Todd Bowles. Um, I think it was totally wrong. I really think it was totally wrong by the Jacksonville Jaguars to do this. I will list a couple of reasons why I'm not going to spend my wheels on it too long. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm very disappointed the way the Jaguars handled it. You know, uh, Cadwell, Cadwell actually had the, the defense playing okay. It wasn't, you know, they weren't stoppers or anything like that. You know, they needed to get off the field, need to get off the field, but they weren't, they weren't giant stoppers or anything like that. Uh, they needed some upgrades. They didn't get them in the off season. And this is one of the reasons I don't blame Cadwell, Cadwell, uh, Trent Bulky is the GM. All right. Trent Bulky is the GM. He's in charge of crunching the numbers, getting these free agents in, upgrading certain positions. And as we have as we've seen on both sides of the ball, the offensive line and defensive line of the Jaguars, they needed upgrades. When I think of the Jacksonville Jaguars, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think of a physically tough team. I look at them as a, a fast high-octane team. When it's clicking, it's clicking. They can tear you up. They can hang 21 on you real fast. But when it's not going, like when the Jaguars need to get the ugly, gritty, nasty yards that Tennessee, Atlanta, and some of these teams can just line up and run it at you fourth down and two, you know where they're going. They can't stop. You you can't stop it. That's what the Jaguars are missing. So we got Trent Bulky, And as I looked at the free agent tracker last year, well, last season, the free 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 agent tracker. The Jaguars didn't make any moves. <clears throat> they just sat on their hands. You had a chance to get uh Floyd. I think he's with the Rams, I think, right now. I forgot where he's with. I think it's with Buffalo. Buffalo the Rams, one of them. Yeah, uh Buffalo. Then you had a chance to get Javian Clowney. You had him in here, you didn't sign him. You know, I, I understand Josh Allen is getting the job done. But you need to upgrade certain positions to make them a little bit more. But Cadwell can only coach 
with with what he's presented with. It's almost like a, a chef. If you're buying Walmart groceries, and nothing towards Walmart, if you're buying Walmart ingredients, and if you know if you go to Walmart, you got to kind of pick through the stuff. Some of the stuff is rotten. Go to go to the fresh foods. Some of the potatoes are bad. Some of the apples are bad. You got to you got to pick through it. You got to pick through it. So, as a chef, you 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 go to another store, fresh food market, to upgrade your produce to present and get a good cook a good meal. And Trent Baalke did not do that for the Jaguars. So the axe came down, <clears throat> you know, and the defensive staff has gone to that thing I'm reading. My only thing is this. Press Taylor, and I'm going to, like I said, I'm not going to spend my wheels too much longer on this. The press would have been totally different if the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars won this game. The key point of the game was the Jaguars could have went up by 14 points. But I don't know if they were playing the numbers game, you know, uh, Amazon statistics say this and that. No, kick the field goal, chop down the lead. But the key key play of the game was towards the end of the game, the Jacksonville Jaguars can go in and try to tie the game up. They're at the three-yard line. They're running the ball on Tennessee. And the math is not mathing on this. It's third down. You do a play-action pass incomplete then you line up and try to QB sneaker or tush push from the two or three yard line that's too that's that's too long for Trevor pause I don't get it you know and and from what I know unofficially that press Taylor was the offensive coordinator now if you're gonna fire Cadwell uh Press Taylor needs to be on the hot seat, too. He really does. Because if the Jaguars go in and, 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 and tie the game up, let's say they win the game in overtime, blah, 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 all is good. You, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have a home game against Cleveland. We're not having any of these discussions at all. At all. I'm, really, I'm not even a Jaguar fan like that. But I'm very disappointed in, in the home team and how they're handling business. Now, Shad, Shad Khan is a, is a patient guy. He's done great things for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the city of Jacksonville. Great guy. Great business mind, all that. Pump money, he has pumped money over and over and over into the downtown city of Jacksonville and all over the place. But you got to get this right. You gotta get this right, man. The Jacksonville Jaguars were to move on, but right now you guys need some work. So hopefully in the offseason they'll make some changes. Uh Doug P, he's on the hot seat. We'll be right back. Stick around.